What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? That's weak, because we just had amazing worship. I need a little feedback. How's everybody doing? Awesome, awesome. Uh, it's so good to be home. I missed you guys last week. We were in Israel and had an awesome trip. It was kind of an, a spur-of-the-moment trip, but I will tell y'all, I didn't tell the first service this, so y'all are getting a little secret. Uh, we got to film what we will show for five to seven minutes on Easter Sunday in the Garden of Gethsemane, and I am really excited. So if you're, I know Easter's a couple months away, but I'm telling you, it's going to be crazy good. So uh, that's one of the reasons we went, and so we're really excited about that. But let me just say, I see a bunch of people that I haven't seen in a while or maybe ever. So if you're a guest with us, let me just, we, we are so honored that you chose to worship with us today, and you picked a good day. Let me just tell you, you picked a good day. Because uh, that was really good worship, but uh, you're fixing to get a, a plate full. Let me just tell you, you're fixing to get a plate full. If you haven't heard the first two weeks of this series, that's cool. Go back and watch them online, but you don't have to hear the first two to understand and get this one. And we're in a series called Ghost Stories. And Ghost Stories is about the Holy Spirit. Is he, is he spooky? Is he scary? And in particular, that's what this one is talking about. So I'm so honored that you're here and I'm excited, but I got to get started because I got a long way to go. And a short time to get there. Y'all ready? Will you pray with me? God, we're so excited this morning. We believe that you're going to do something crazy in this place. You've already shown up and shown out. And um, God, now I just believe that there is going to be some um, people made alive today. And so I pray that that's what you do through us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. All right. So how many of y'all remember, how many of y'all are old enough to remember the movie Ghost? Show of hands. Y'all are old enough to remember. I'm proud of y'all. Proud of y'all. So um, who was, I need, this is where y'all need to talk to me, and if you don't, I'm going to start crying and ask y'all to preach with me. What was Patrick Swayze's role in Ghost? He was, as someone said it, y'all can all say that together, he was a? He was a ghost. And this is what he looked like. This is Patrick Swayze. Now, if you remember the movie, y'all remember? Am I the only one that didn't like this movie? If every dude in here doesn't raise their hand, I'm going to be sad, right? Because it's like, the scene where he's about to make out with Demi Moore, is that weird to anybody else? And he's like, oh, he's floating, and he like walks right past her because he's a ghost, and it's, it's weird. He's, but I've always thought that this movie was funny to reference because isn't that kind of how we feel about the Holy Spirit? Like, if we're just being honest, we, we put all of our cards on the table because maybe I'm the only one, but... But I was the one that used to call the Holy Spirit an it. It feels crazy when he comes in the room, right? Or, or it was like a mist or a fog, and, and I knew that I was in God's presence. Ooh, Patrick Swayze's here. It's the Holy Spirit, right? Or, or man, I have a bunch of Pentecostal friends, and I've made a bunch more. Uh, the guys that David and I went to Israel with, a couple of them are pastors, and they're Pentecostal. And I give them a hard time because a lot of guys in in their denomination, say, if you don't say Holy Ghost, bless God, it's not the right thing. It's not the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Ghost. And so that just makes me think of Patrick Swayze. Maybe I'm the only one, but the title of today's message, and this is where we're going to eventually get to, is the Holy Spirit is not Patrick Swayze. That's right. The Holy Spirit is not really a ghost. So, so listen, when, when people think about God in his spirit, we automatically, and maybe it's just me, we automatically think he must be floating around here somewhere. Maybe, you know what? It's like catching fireflies. Maybe, maybe if I just jump up, I can grab him. 
Because he's just floating through here and he's crazy, right? So, so what is he? If the Holy Spirit's not Patrick Swayze, and he's not, and the Holy Spirit isn't an it or a thing, then what is he? Well, if you leave with one thing today, and guys, I want everybody to get your notes out. I know dudes don't take notes. I didn't in class either. My teachers aren't here, so it's cool. I didn't take notes. But listen, someone asked me something from two weeks ago today. This is what I preached. Not what y'all listened to me preach. What I preached, what I studied and got down. I said, do you remember something? No, I don't remember that. So if you don't write it down, you're not going to remember it. I'm telling you, today is packed full of things you want to remember. Get your worship guide out. Take notes today, please. But listen, if you remember one thing from the whole message, remember this. The Holy Spirit is not a thing or an it. He's a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I don't want you to feel weird. But, but I just wonder how many of y'all knew that, right? I've never, leading up to this, I've, I've said that the person of the, but, but it was like in preacher talk. But I've never considered the Holy Spirit. Like, what are you talking about, Pastor Mark? The Holy Spirit is like this floating object and this weird thing. And like, are you serious? He's a person? It, actually, yeah, absolutely. What makes up a person? What makes up a person? Y'all can talk out loud. This is a good time. Y'all can give me some feedback. What makes up a person? Bones. DNA. All good things. I'm looking for a little more broad answers than those things, but those are good, right? These, this is what my, I'll, I'll get to the, to, I have a body. Does that make me a person? No. It's good to have a body if you're a person. Let me just get a little bit right, or else I'm Patrick Swayze. Y'all with me? But I have a body, I have a mind, and I have a spirit, I have a soul. Those three things are what makes up my person. But y'all stay with me because you'll understand this at the end. Who knows what this is? Here. Who knows what this is? Can y'all read that? Pistachios, right? I chose this because we have several people with peanut allergies. This is free. Why, when you come to the Super Bowl party next week, and all of y'all are coming, so I'm grateful because I really appreciate it because all of y'all are going to get involved in a small group, and I'm going to hit on that later. But next Sunday night at 6 o'clock, if you've ever wanted to be in a small group and you look at someone and say, I don't know if I want them to be my leader, that's a great time to get to know them. And if they're crazy, you don't have to go to their house. That's awesome, right? But we're using, uh, I'm using this because we have people with peanut allergies. Please do not bring things with peanuts next week. That's free. All right. Now, this is how I use, this is what I use for funerals. And it offends people. And I'm like, okay, you're wrong. Right, but anyway. <laughs> when we look at a pistachio, we see the shell, and we're like, that's the pistachio. Nope. That's what houses the pistachio. Y'all with me? That's what houses it. When I'm at a funeral and I'm preaching, and I've done several now, when I'm preaching, I'm looking down on the person, and people think I'm mean. I've cried both services, so hear me. I cry. When the Lord moves my spirit, I cry. I don't cry a lot at funerals. Matter of fact, Scripture says that we should cry when a baby's brought into the world, but rejoice when someone dies. Now, it's weird, and I'm not going to like stand up there and click my heels, but I have asked my wife if my bigness dies before hers to wear like a red exciting dress and polka dots because I'm going to be with Jesus celebrating someone say amen. All right, anyway, that's not, that's not really what the message is about, but it is. All right, so when I look at them, this is what I tell them. You know what I see when I look down there? Y'all know what I see? When I look down there, this is what I see. I see the shell. I see, I see what's laying there. I, I don't see the person. The person is gone. The scripture says that, that when I'm absent from the body, I'm present with the Lord. Immediately, I am no longer there. So I don't grieve for a body. And so I'm not making fun at this point. Some denominations walk up and they pray over the body. 
and they pray them into heaven and they talk to them. We still need you here. We this is free. They ain't there. Y'all see the, t- the tweet this week? He gone, right? Jesus ain't in the tomb. He gone. He wasn't there long. He got up. He got out and he gone. And he's in heaven today. And so if you go worship the grave, I go there because it, it, it brings joy to my heart because that's the greatest thing that's ever happened on this planet, not to worship it. The person that you go see, if it brings comfort to you, that's cool. Believe me, I'm not, I'm not undermining that. I'm not downplaying that. But they're not there. They're gone because your person is not your body. Your body holds in your person. Y'all with me? That's what makes up a person. And if it was just a body, a tree would be a person. Because a tree has a body, y'all with me? Is that right? Does a tree have a body? Yep, they do. And dogs have bodies and they have minds. And they go to heaven and cast... Anyway, they like... Because y'all saw the movie, right? Am I, am I that old that no one saw the movie, all dogs go to heaven? Right? But they don't really. Maybe. Mine does, but yours. Anyway. But, but the whole point is... They don't have a, a soul. To be a person, we have a mind, we have a soul, and we have a body. That's what makes up the essence of who we are. And inside of that, there are things that make us who we are. The Holy Spirit, listen, is a person. Don't miss this. The Holy Spirit is a person. And he made us in his image is what Genesis 1, and 7 says. Th- this blows my mind every, every day. And this is what God's really taught me this year. And this is why I believe I'm more free and more happy, and I hope I'm preaching better, but I'm definitely feeling better. You know, when God looks at me, and I preach today, and then I watch people that I have great deal, a great deal of respect for, and they preach, and I'm like, man, that's really good. God doesn't need me to preach their sermon. God needs me to do, or does not need me, wants me to be me. Do you know that God wants you to be you? Why? Because he loves the person that makes up who you are. He's not worried about your body. That body is a, is a momentary shell that will one day be thrown away. And guess what? I'm going to have a new shell. It's awesome. I'm going to have a new body. If you don't like what your body is now, get in shape. If you really don't like what your body is now, just wait about 80 years. You'll get a new one. Right? Come on. That's good. If you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I don't like what God did. He's messed up. He's never messed up. Never, ever, 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 ever. Why? Because he made you in his image. And he loves you. And that's amazing. But today I want to look at what makes up who the Holy Spirit is and makes him a person. And I love this. I love this. Looking at John chapter 14, and then we're going, I'm going to give you three things. And guys, I'm telling you, I believe some people when you leave here today are going to have a life-changing experience because you've never met the Holy Spirit. And today I believe you're going to meet the person of the Holy Spirit. So watch this. John chapter 14, just three verses or four verses. says, These things I've spoken to you. This is Jesus. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your, excuse me, bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Now, some of y'all use this verse like I used to, right? Y'all, some of y'all know where I'm going because y'all are like this. You didn't study for a test, right? And you're like, oh, crap. And you sit down at the desk and you're like, you know what? I remember that John 14. He's going to bring all things to remembrance. God. Sometime my teacher said this, I need your help, bring this to my remembrance. That's not what we're talking about here, all right? Y'all with me? That's not it. And that's wrong. This is what he's talking about. In the worst of times, when you're struggling and hurting, 
It's the Holy Spirit that brings to our remembrance what we've learned and in our person what we need to know. And that's amazing. It's valuable. And I'm going I'm to do that more, but let me keep going. Verse 27. It says, peace, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I'm going to sit on this one just a second. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Excuse me. Do I give to you peace? This isn't intended to offend anybody. This is just the truth. Everybody I talk to, everybody I talk to, it doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, what color you are, where you come from, what your last name is. I've never met a person that wants to meet with me message me on a social media thing or whatever that says, you know what, Pastor Mark, I just really want to not have peace in my life. Peace is terrible. I want chaos, right? Everybody wants peace. Almost, not everybody, almost everybody that I find that wants peace doesn't want to find peace through the person of the Holy Spirit. And this is what I found. This is just my observation. This isn't about any one person. This is an observation about the world. We find peace. This is water. But we find peace through what we put in our cups, don't we? I've told y'all before, I don't think it's a sin to drink alcohol. I do think it's a sin to find peace through alcohol. I think when you abuse any substance or anything, it is a sin. And many of us try to find peace through that fourth bottle of wine. And the Holy Spirit says, nope, not through that. Ladies, many of you find yourself not attractive or you weren't loved by a father. So the way that you try to find peace is through sex. Because you believe if a man can really love you and they'll have sex with you that you can find peace. Let me promise you, you'll never have peace. If you're having sex and you're not married, there will be no peace and you're giving a part of your heart away that was intended only for your husband or men only for your wives. And if you're going out trying to find ladies that are vulnerable, shame on you and shame on any of us. And we'll never have, what's this word? Peace. And through so many other things, right? I'm not downplaying this. But so many of us try to find peace with pills, right? And anxiety and all these other things. And listen, if you have a huge amount of anxiety, take your medicine. I'm not telling you to stop taking your medicine. What I'm telling you is you'll never really find peace until you find the person of the Holy Spirit. And you can go to every doctor and every shrink and every person that you can possibly imagine and think that you're going to find peace and you never will until you meet the peacemaker. You never will. And so who is this guy that we're talking about? What makes up? What's the essence that makes up the person of the Holy Spirit? There's three things. This is what I want you to write down. Take notes. Don't miss this. There's three things that he has. Number one, he has a mind. The Holy Spirit has a mind. The Holy Spirit has a mind. I love this verse. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 26. Anytime someone's hurting, I take them here. A lot of people miss this, by the way. This is free. Please don't take people to Romans 8, 28 without taking them to 26 first when they're hurting. We know all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Why do we know that thing? Because we know the mind of the Holy Spirit through this verse. We don't know everything about him. (laughs) That would be pretty tough. But we know this about him and it's amazing and this is what I love. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, that's the person that we're talking about today, helps us in our weakness. When I'm hurting, when I'm deeply groaning, listen, that's not talking about when you can't bench press 400 and you can only pump up 375. That's not weakness. Weakness is when we can no longer on our own strength get through what we are facing. 
You know what's crazy? God wants you there many times. Like, I don't want to be in this position. It's awful. I don't want to be there anymore. No, he does. He wants you there. Why? Because you can lean on him. Let me ask y'all a question. You're sitting in your chair. How long did it take you to decide that you believed that that chair would hold you up before you sat down? Nobody, right? You just sat down because you trusted it. That's what God desires for you. That's God's desire for your life. And oftentimes it takes weakness or pain or hurting for me to trust him enough to sit down and not look and say, I don't know if I really trust God at the point that I just sit down and I don't wonder about the chair because none of you thought about it when you sat down. That's when I have faith. That's what God wants to get you to. His mind loves you and the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not even know what to pray, right? Have y'all been there? This happens to me in the shower and I'm not being funny or weird. But oftentimes when I'm hurting and sometimes it's for some of y'all, sometimes it's what's going on in my life. I just, I've had cry moments in the shower. Some of y'all are like, you're not macho. I'm going to tell you back, you've never been through life if you haven't ever had that happen, right? Y'all with me? Every woman said amen and every man's like, I shouldn't say that because it's awkward, right? <laughs> and I just sit there and I, and I don't know what to pray. God, what? I don't even know what to do right now. Where do I go? I got you. I got you. I got you. Thank you for finally getting to the place that I want you to get. And then listen to what happens. But the Spirit himself intercedes. He steps in. For me and for you, for us, with groanings too deep for words. Deeper than I can possibly imagine. He groans and grieves on your behalf. He groans and grieves on your behalf. What an amazing trait that this mind of God is. That he loves you so much. And the person that he made you that he groans and grieves on your behalf. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. See right there? Spirit has a mind. Because the Spirit intercedes for us, the saints, everyone that's trusted God through Jesus. He intercedes for you according to the will of God. Let me tell you something funny. I've had a couple people come up to me and say, Pastor Mark, can you tell me who you think I should marry? You tell me who you think I should marry. To some of them, what I want to say is nobody. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen you the way you live, and I can imagine the way you would be with dude. Don't marry anybody ever, right? But that's not me being the Holy Spirit. That's just me being honest, right? But, but the truth is, if you ask me, Pastor Mark, should I get married? Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, I find out that it wasn't good for man to be alone, and he made a helpmate. And nothing greater in my life other than my relationship with the Lord Jesus ever happened to me other than Leah. She is the single greatest woman that I know, and I love her so much. And I was so ready to get home and hug on my wife on Tuesday. But there's a bunch of people that you need to really take a step back and pray. So I can tell you big picture, listen, yes, it's good to get married. But if you want to know who, sh who you should get married to, there's this dude and he's a person, and his name's the Holy Spirit. And this says that God's Spirit comes through him, and he's inside of you. That's freaking awesome, right? That's how you know. You talk to him. But so many people, they want the pastor to tell them, I will help you. Listen, I will help you any chance I get. But the one that helps, that groans and grieves, is the one that we never talk to because he's the God we never knew. 
He's the forgotten God that we don't talk to because he's some it that's floating around that we hope we can catch like a firefly and not a beautiful, wonderful person that is so gracious and tender and wants to talk to you. So the Holy Spirit has a mind. Number two, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a will. When I I see this word, I think of me (laughs) because I am a strong-willed sometimes, right? Fill in the blank, whatever y'all want. I'm, I'm strong-willed, and it's annoying, and I once got my dad brags on this story. Same age as my kid now. He wanted his keys back. He was leaving. He's trying to break my will. He had to spank me six consecutive times. All I had to do was give the dude his keys back and let him go to work, right? But I wanted them keys. It's my keys. And so when I look at my son, last night we decided that it was a good time, swear to you this is the truth, to color all over the walls upstairs. And if y'all have never thought about beating your kids, your kids have never colored on the walls. Huh. I actually just hugged him and laughed, and Leah's like, why are you laughing? I'm like, well, what do you do? <laughs> it's coming out, right? But, but the truth is, there will be times when he disobeys his mother especially because that's my wife, and you do not speak down to my wife, boy, right? So every man, you, y'all need to get that. If you, don't, if you leave with nothing else, that's your wife. Your kid, do not, mm-mm, come on. We're going to get there in March when we have our series on that. All right, but I have to, as his daddy, break his will. Why? Because it's so strong. And it's what keeps us from a right relationship with God. But it's what pulls us or pushes us or guides us or leads us. You, listen to me. There's not one person in here that is not in charge of your will. There is a surrendering factor, like I talked about with that chair where we give the Lord control of our wills, but he has given you free will to choose what you will do. Free will. And that's good. That's awesome. That's crazy. But it stinks sometimes that I get to choose to sin and I look back and say, I don't want to do this. And that's really a big thing for salvation, guys. If you want to know if you're saved, if you want to, I'll get there in a minute. He has a will. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, all these, all these, are empowered by one and the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that person, who, excuse me, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Acts chapter 16 shows us that Paul was heading into a territory that he had not been before, and it literally says that the Holy Spirit stopped him because it was against his will, and they turned him away. He was going to do the work of God, right? He was going to share the gospel, and the Holy Spirit put his will over that situation and said, no, 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 you don't go there. And, and here's two things I need you to know about the mind and the spirit. His thoughts are not my thoughts, and his ways are not my ways, declares the Lord. As high as, as, high as heavens are from the earth, so are his thoughts from my thoughts. So if you want to argue with God, guilty, just remember Isaiah 55, 8, that his thoughts are way higher, and his ways are way higher, and his will is way better. And if you want to know what you should do, It's cool to talk to people. It's cool to get guidance, but you've got the guidance counselor of all guidance counselors living inside of you if you you follow Jesus. I'd start there. If If you read the Bible so God's not mad at you and you don't understand that through God's word, he speaks to us, his Holy Spirit speaks to us. And then through prayer and intercession for the big word, that's how we speak to him and that's how we can understand. That's how he gives us peace. When we don't understand, that's how it happens. So when you say, Pastor Mark, I'm going to be honest with you, I just don't have time to pray. I don't know what to tell you. Honest to goodness, this is not bragging. This is just funny to me. Davin and I were sitting in our hotel room last week, and I had my notebook out, and honestly, I prayed for many of y'all. I had people down, 
And I looked up, and I don't even know what Davin was doing, but I looked over at him and said, holy cow, that's over an hour. And it sounds so spiritual. Pastor Mark prayed for an hour. I couldn't believe it had been an hour that fast. Why? Because I was talking to the Spirit of God inside of me. What an honor, writing things down, pleading that God do things that there's no way that I can do, not doing things for God, but allowing Him to do things for me, through me. And it's amazing to walk with Him. But so many times we think it's like an uphill battle. God, I just got to do this prayer, get it off. I got to get up at 4 a.m. and make sure that I do this or He's mad at me. He's never mad at you for that. And that's never been the point. You get a chance to do what no one before Jesus could do, and that is speak directly with authority to the Spirit of God. How crazy. And then the last one, the last one. He has a mind, and he has a spirit. A mind and will are kind of one, and then he has emotions. He has emotions, and what does that look like? Maybe some of y'all aren't emotional, but you still have emotions. You still have emotions. Even if you're like stone cold and you're the dude at the tomb of the unknown soldier and we never see you do anything, I can probably still make you laugh eventually. And you still have emotions, right? You may be the dude that's never cried. I'm proud of you. That's awesome. You're going to explode sometime. You might as well go ahead and tear up. And when God's spirit moves in me, I don't even necessarily want to cry, but I'm just letting it go. You know what I mean? Like I just want God to do something so amazing in here that I'm like, you know what? Let's do this. And here's what's so awesome. He made you an emotional creature like you're supposed to be that. This is what Galatians 5 says. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there is no law. What are all these things? What is love? What is love? What is love? What is that? Is that an emotion? Yeah, is, is joy and peace and kindness and goodness. All these things are emotions. And this is showing his beautiful emotions. Let me show you something that I learned just recently. I used to think the fruits of the Spirit means things I can work on, right? Like there's a bunch of them. There's nine of them. And so I can get like three of them, and down the road I'll get more. Here's how I've missed the boat. I thought I had to get them. You know what I mean? I thought it was something that I had to do to get to the point that I loved people like God loved people. And I had joy from his joy. And I had peace. And so if I keep working harder and keep reading the Bible more and keep doing these things, then I can get this. And I missed the boat. Remember last week? If I have bitterness in my life, it's from anger that on the surface is not bad, but if it's not dealt with, it becomes sin. And then it roots down and then it gets, it's awful. Many of us in this room, that's how our life looks because our emotions are controlled by us. And we've never said, you know what, Lord, I need you to come inside and pull out those roots of bitterness and lust and hate and all these different things. And I need you to put inside of me your Holy Spirit. But here's how I want to close today. The Holy Spirit's not an it, not a thing. He's a person. He's a wonderful, kind, loving God. But here's the truth. You're a person, and what makes up your person is your mind and your soul and your body. For every one of us, eventually, our bodies will be gone. The Bible actually says they'll decay, and you know that scientifically they won't be here anymore. Some people choose to, to be buried and, and cremated and whatever it is. Eventually, this is no more. 
So all that matters, all that matters is this. And the question today is, what does your this look like? Because this is what Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says. I was dead. Listen, y'all don't miss this. This is the part. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. Does that mean my body was dead only because it was housing me? Does that mean my mind is dead? I believe the mind is the most beautiful and dangerous thing in the human body because many of us, many of us in our minds know that Jesus is Lord and have never made him Lord of our spirit, Lord of our soul. How crazy is this? This is what salvation really is. It's when my will, my emotions, my soul, what's inside of me, not what I think, but who I am, what is the essence of me inside when he takes what I am and replaces it for what I am now. Because this is ultimately what every person, you guys and every person out there, this is what we are. This is, this is honest to God what we are. If you've, ever, if you've ever looked at shows that like World War Z or Walking Dead and people are walking through and there's zombies everywhere and some of y'all think it's weird, whatever, that's fine. Just listen. If, if when, when people walk by, they run. You know what I'm talking about? Because they're dead and they're like, weird and they think they're alive y'all know what I mean they, they, they like they have bodies right and, and they can move around and, and they do all the weird stuff that zombies do and if we saw that we would run for the hills be like that's crazy that's what we are until we in our essence inside of us trust the Lord Jesus and say I want your spirit I want your spirit to come inside of me and save me but it's not until we realize who we are and who he is, the person of the Holy Spirit, and why I need him, that that happens. And I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to start doing at funerals. And so y'all might not want me to do your family's funerals because this is real. I'm serious. When people tell me when, when he was six, he got saved. Pastor Mark, he never lived a life that looked like he was saved. There was never emotion that was love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. But I know in his mind he got saved and that means he's in heaven. And where we live and God bless where we live. I love this place. But where we live that is so common to believe that because he was young and he said a prayer repeating after a preacher that he's automatically justified. Listen to me. No! 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 From the top of my lungs, no. They are dead people walking around believing they're alive. How do you know you're alive? I don't want to be that. I want to be alive in Christ Jesus. I'm not proud of everything that I do. I'm not proud of something I did this morning. But I know this. The Holy Spirit, my friend, convicts me. And that doesn't mean he points a finger down and says, how dare you? It means he pulls me back to him. He says, come on, dude. I love you. I've replaced your spirit with my spirit and you've gone from dead to alive. Can I just be real? Billy Graham says 70% of people that sit in a church every single Sunday are dead. Why? Because in their minds they know, but in their spirit, in their soul, what makes up who you are? You're dead. Guys, today, the reason this is one of my favorite messages in this series and ever is because I believe there's dead people in here that are about to be alive. I believe for the first time in your life, you're going to look at yourself differently and say, you know what? It doesn't matter what my shell looks like. It doesn't matter what I do for God. 
because I never do anything for God. He does it through me. I'm just going to walk with him and believe him and trust him and go wherever he says and believe whatever he says. Guys, the truth is everyone has to answer this question. Has God changed your want-tos and replaced what was inside of you that was dead for alive? Because there's going to be a lot of people that walk through heaven's gates to be judged and look up. And Jesus is going to say, why should I let you in? Dude, I knew all about you. And he's going to say, yeah, but this never knew me. You never trusted me. You never let my spirit come inside by trusting that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and mine. That's why we were dead, but we're alive because of him. So this is what it looks like. Please read this. John chapter 11. Jesus screams out at a dead man laying in a tomb. Lazarus! Come forth. Come out of there. Take off your dead clothes and walk toward me. You're now alive. Why? Because I called you. And Revelation says, Jesus stands and behold, I stand at the door knocking. If anyone hears my voice and lets me in, I'm in. Today, stand up. If that is you and you don't know Jesus, I say get up and be alive in Jesus Christ. Stop being dead. It's not good enough to know him here. You got to know him here. And I'm just asking, is there any dead people that want to be alive today? Because no more is it okay for me to believe that's good. It's not good. It's awful. Please stand up if that is you. Will you bow with me? Will you bow with me? As we close, this, as we close, it's very simple. Pastor Mark, I'm not alive. Jesus Christ has never saved me. I may have said a prayer when I was a kid or believed it going through the motions, but the truth of the matter is I've never made him Lord of my life by believing he died and rose from the dead in my mind, but in my soul and my spirit, giving him all of me and surrendering to him. We're not gonna embarrass you. I just want you to be honest. Pastor Mark, I'm ready to jump to my feet because that is me. I believe Jesus is Lord and I want him to change me from the inside out today. If that's you, will you just stand right where you are and say, that is me. If you're worried about what people think, your mind is telling you don't do this. But if the Holy Spirit is pulling you, you stand up with boldness and with excitement. Don't you worry about what you've done in the past. Don't you worry about what is happening right now. I just want you to stand to your feet right where you are and say, Pastor Mark, I want to be alive. We're going to give you a couple seconds. Thank you. Who else? Y'all, re- y'all celebrate right now. Who else? We have one person that is bold enough to stand up and say, Pastor Mark, I want to be saved right now. Is anybody else? Thank you. There's two. Who else wants to stand up and say, I was dead, but right now I'm choosing through the power of the Holy Spirit to be alive. Who else will stand up and say, that is me. That is me. So awesome. If y'all will fill those cards out that Jenny just brought you and take them back to her right through this, under this TV, right back through here. As we're doing baptism in a minute, she would love to speak with you with another volunteer and explain to you how amazing it is to be saved and what we have. How about everybody look this way? Uh, pretty awesome day so far. and We get to celebrate baptism with Rachel. Um, let me just say this. I don't, I don't know. How many, have, has anybody in here been saved and never been baptized? Because that's obedience. That's the first sign that we do. And all of baptism is, by the way, is a public display of a private confession of faith. And so we're just telling the world, I've been saved. Baptism happens in the body the day that we get saved. And so you two ladies right there, you just got baptized in the faith by trusting Jesus Christ. (laughs) Baptism in the water. Baptism in the water. 
is just a public display and obedience in what God commanded us to do. And so if anybody wants to do that, I just want you to stand up right now. Walk to the back. We got clothes for you right now. We will baptize you right here. The water's warm and uh, the Holy Spirit's hot. So let's do this right now. If y'all want to do this, all right, listen. We're going we're gonna to worship and then we've got baptism and one other thing. But this is what I want y'all to think. If I'm alive, does everybody know it? Y'all stand with us and worship.